Evening, everybody. Welcome back to episode two of the Evermore podcast, the Newcastle United podcast live on the Slide Rule Pass podcast channel. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm joined by not one, but, well, sorry, not one for sorrow, two for joy tonight. You can see we've got the blue tick man, Dan Wales, coming back and making his making his debut on Evermore is James Lynch. How are you, lads? I'm very fine. well, mate. How are you? You. Yes, very good. Are you all ready for Santa coming, guys? Oh, yes. I've written <laughs> <laughs> All I want is three points against Man U, mate. That'll make me happy. <laughs> Bloody hell. Come on, James. I'll get you something from Curry's or something, mate. Bloody hell. I don't own the shop, by the way, for anybody who's, uh, who's watching online. But, uh, oh. but yes, three three points is going to be is going to be a hell of an ask, isn't it, for a, another tumultuous week, week as a Newcastle fan, sadly, guys. So so let's get stuck right into this and uh, and burst everybody's Christmas bubble. Um, obviously, we had a really tough week, didn't we? You know, we, we conceded, you know, what was it, um, 11 goals and we scored one. We play the best two teams in the league, arguably the best two teams in Europe, obviously in Liverpool and then Manchester City. Really, really tough games and obviously some very controversial decisions as well. James, just coming to you first, mate, making your debut on Evermore. How did you feel about the games, mate? Were you were you were you kind of surprised or were you just what you expected or uh, pretty much exactly what I expected. I mean, look, look, start with the Liverpool game. Dan, I think you called it spot on with 3-1 with, with your prediction on, on last week's episode, mate. So well done for that one. But look, it was it was what you expected, really. We were never going to get anything at Anfield. Uh, I mean, the last time we won there in the league was 27 years ago, I believe. So it was always going to be a, a tall order. They are a brilliant side. There's there's no getting away from that. And it's no shame to lose to to, to a side like that that, again, will probably will win the league this season. But, yeah, I thought we had our, our moments in the game. Um, Shelby took his goal well, has to be said. Maximin had a had a couple of half chances, but but overall we were we were beaten fairly convincingly and, and, and Liverpool didn't really get out of first gear. But Man City, much of the same, decent first half, I thought. Wilson had a, had a couple of good chances. Joe Linton was exceptional. Um, he seemed to play in, in like a defensive midfield role at times in that enforcer role, which we've been lacking for a while. But just too many horrendous mistakes at the back, especially uh, the first goal was just a, a total comedy of errors. Um, and look, second half, we we just gave up. We didn't really look up for it, which was which was disheartening to see. And to be honest, I, I thought there were some similarities in, in the Man City performances. The Leicester game a couple of weeks back, and which I thought was, was our worst performance of the season so far. And I hate to be negative as right now. There is so much to look forward to as, as a Newcastle fan, but we are in a really precarious position. And if we don't get a result against Man U, potentially we could be six points adrift if Watford beat Wolves on Boxing Day and then you're leaving yourself a mountain to climb. It's uh, yeah, it's it's, it's certainly uh, certainly a tough challenge ahead. But we're live on YouTube tonight, guys. Please come along and join us as Stu has in the comments. Evening, Stu. Nice to see you again, buddy. He was a top man last week. So yeah, this is a safe haven for anybody if you're feeling a little bit cautious, like like James has just been saying there. You know, if you're a little bit concerned about where the team might be headed, you know how how high the, the hill is becoming to climb. You know, it's a safe place here. We're not going to dig anybody out. Likewise, if you're positive and you think we've still got a chance, we're not going to dig you out either. But yeah, you're right, James. I mean, I think the one thing that really upset me about that goal in particular, and I had a rant on the Slide Rule Pass channel, it's still up there. Just make sure your kids are out of the room when you watch it. Um, but I, I was very, I couldn't get my head around, and I'll get your opinion on this, Dan, as well in a second, but I couldn't get my, my head around how Kieran Clark gets back into that side. Yes, I know there was there was injuries. I think Kraft was touch and go. That's why he was on the bench. Obviously, Fernandez is out. Fabian Shaw's on the bench. I can only assume that Shaw's potentially going to come back in against Manchester United, which is probably the most winnable fixture out of those three. Um, you know, Kieran Clark comes in, he makes another howler. 
and I mean a howler. I've played with pub team players better than that. They've come in at three in the morning, still stinking a bevy in the changing room, and they don't duck out the way of the ball. Dan, coming to you, who's to blame? Clark or Dubravka? Where did you sit on that one, mate? No, it's Clark's fault, in my opinion. He, he should just clear the ball. In that, it, it, when you're when you're that close to your own box, and like, if you don't get a call, which clearly he hasn't had the call, why why would you just not get rid, put out for a corner, get back together again, reorganize, and defend the corner? It it is absolutely stupid. It's daft, and obviously, once that goes in five minutes in, well, that just sets the tone for the match. Unfortunately, as James mentioned, um, we had our moments in that game. Um, I, I'm not going to go into too much detail on the penalty shot because I think enough people have had there. They say about that and how stupid and ludicrous that decision was. Um, but yeah, in terms of you know, I, I think we, we could look at a lot of clowns in that match. Couldn't we? We could look at Kieran Clark. We could look at Martin Atkinson, Craig Paulson, the VAR. Lots of clowns were, were doing their bit to make that match a comedy of errors. Yeah, sadly, mate. It was. It's. I wasn't laughing. I don't know about you, lads. I certainly wasn't laughing. I must admit. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, what, what about no, you, James? No. And that goal, you've you mentioned it there, mate. De Bravko or Clark's fault? Where are you aiming that? At? Yeah, I think Clark exactly the same as Dan. I think he's got to clear that. But look, you've got to say the Bravka has has got to communicate better in that right. situation. So you know, be interesting to to see who was in the change room after the game and, and what, what was said, uh, because I'd be surprised if, if words weren't, uh, you know, exchanged on that incident. But look, yeah, you've got to, you've got to blame Clark initially for it. I've seen it back several times and uh, Stu, um, well, Stu said that I thought Clark motioned to, to head it, then let it go. It was, uh, the pair of them were just caught between a, a rock and a hard place, it seemed. But um, there's just no confidence with the players at the moment. Defensively, as you mentioned, was 11 goals, Chris, before conceded in the last three games. And um, it's just, yeah, it's just it's it's embarrassing, isn't it? It's embarrassing. It, it is. I mean, you know, uh, nice to see our friend PK Paul Carter showing us wash hands. Yeah. I'm not sh I'm not I sure if he means the Brav has got dirty hands there, and maybe that's why he didn't want to touch the ball. Possibly, <laughs> Paul. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he went for a piss before the game and didn't wash him. But but yeah, it's. But uh, I must admit, I mean, you look at that and you've got to think. We're going to come on to Brav a little bit more in a second, but you look at that and you think. Clark's, I mean, Clark's not a um, you know a young player making his debut. He's an experienced centre half. He's got God knows how many caps for Ireland. You know, as an experienced centre half, whether you if, if your keeper is unsure and you're not sure whether he's called for, you just head the ball out of players. Dan rightly says the only way not sticking up for Clark's. I think he's absolutely gash. If I never see him in a Newcastle shirt again, it'll never be too soon. But you know, I don't understand why he's ducked unless he's adamant that Dubravka is called for that ball. But then who's shouting that Diaz is there? You know, where's where's Lascelles? Where's where's the you know the communication in the back four to say, no, just fucking get rid of it because the guy's standing on the bloody penalty spot. Diaz will never score an easier it. goal in his career. Oh yeah. I mean, simple. Do you know it was Merry Christmas to Bravka? Might as well have wrapped it with a bow and went, there you go, mate. Do you know what I mean? It was exactly. o'clock as well, but it was it was Absolutely. bloody embarrassing. But but yeah, I mean it's I think the Liverpool game, you know, just to touch on what you lads said as well, to go back to that. I think we were hard done by in the Liverpool game. We're going to come on to some of those those questionable decisions in, in the next category we're going to talk about. But I think in the Man City game, you know, obviously the first goal was a howler. You know, come you there here, James, on this one. The second goal. You know, have these lads never heard of closing anybody down? I mean, you know, I don't know what Willock was doing. He looked like he was one way or the other. He's on his arse, you know. And then I think match of the day and Shear in particular highlighted the, the gap between Lascelles and Clark not closing the ball down. What was your view on that one, mate? Well, again, we've seen that goal how many times this season conceded 
you know, we, we just don't seem to learn from mistakes, defensive errors. And it is a shame because um, you'd like to think that, that Eddie Howe is doing all he can on the training ground to get this right. And I just don't think these players are good enough, What what's out there right now. And Willock just seems to be an absolute shadow of the player he was last season. Um, I really don't know what's happened to him. I don't know whether or not it's because he's possibly been played out of position, um, perhaps, or whether or not he prefers being used as an impact. So uh, you, you could look at the many games, the, the latter end of last season, where he was scoring the goals. He was coming off the bench, perhaps when players were a bit more tighter. And, um, you know, again, obviously there were, there were games behind closed doors and whether or not the pressure's getting to him slightly with the with the with the fans in attendance. You don't know, but we were missing Mankio um, on on Sunday, and and I I still think he's our best fullback of the club. And um, Jacob Murphy for me, very good player, but he's not he's not a right back. And um, defensively, uh, just wasn't wasn't there, was he? And just naive, really, at times. And um, there's a lot of work to do and, and we will come on to talk about transfers and what we're going to do in January, but we need to sign minimum of four defenders for me because otherwise this is going to keep happening. Absolutely. It's a great comment there from, from Mark, our fellow slide rule pass man, the stat man himself. He's saying two to three yards from goal. Dubravka should be making that his. Now, Mark's a goalkeeper, if anyone doesn't remember from watching the show. And uh, Mark would have wiped everybody out. I can testify for that because he wiped me out on several occasions when I was in the way uh, in the box because I was crap in the air. Um, but yeah, he's saying Clark needs to be thrown out in January. They're both to blame for the goal. And I agree with Mark on that. I mean, you know, Clark's getting all the, the shit. I know I listened to a couple of other podcasts where... Um, you know, people saying the fans are booing Clark and they were giving them a bit of stick and all that stuff. And you know, it's never nice when you boo a player, but you know, I think some people need to remember as well that Newcastle United fans, you know, have been through such an emotional roller coaster over the last two years, you know, and they, they've obviously got the takeover now, excitement's there, everyone's looking for the new dawn. But when players make these mistakes continuously, James, as you rightly said, continuously yeah. over and over and over again, you're going to get sick of these players, aren't you? And people are going to vent their frustration. You can't, you can't dig them out too much. About that, can you, Dan? What do you, what do you think about that, mate? No, and it's a shame because you know, as these, these are some of the, the players who, who who've done as well in the past few years. You know, as much as we're, we're slating Kieran Clarke, he's been a fantastic servant to the club in terms of what he's done in in the first few years he was at the club. You know, obviously won the championship and then secured us as a Premier League team in the years after that as well. But that that sort of nostalgia and that sort of nice niceties, you know, that's in the past now, and and it's now got to the stage where they're just not good enough and. As 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 PK says, we do need a whole new backline to survive because let's be honest, they're not good enough. Um, no, absolutely right. As you say, they're they're making a, the same mistakes week in week out, and you know you do wonder like what goes on. As much as you, you, you do think that Eddie Howe's training regimes and methods are probably an awful lot better, you, you just have to wonder sort of what goes on, don't you? I mean, obviously you look at the second goal as well. Both of them just stand still. And then try and put a half block in as Jao Cancelo goes on. Yeah, just... Will, it, Will it was just nowhere to be seen for that no, one, was he? Correct. Was but, but just terrible. As, as he then approaches Lascelles and Clark, they they just stand there. He, he's allowed to take another touch and a half. Yeah. Steady himself, compose himself before exactly picking his spot. You know, as I say, anyone can play that well. You give them that much time and space on the ball. 
It was Which reminiscent of Bruno Fernandez's goal against uh, us. Do you remember the the, the, the the Old Trafford game when he nobody just went anywhere near him? Just says, "Go on, have a shot." And yeah, Mark's just yeah, Mark's just smashed that in the comments yeah. as well. You're right, Sorry, James. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, 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 it's worrying that they're not. They're obviously not learning the lessons from these things. I mean, as you rightly say, um, James, Eddie Howe can do anything uh, on the training pitch, and he can drill them within an inch of their lives. But when they go on the pitch, they've got to concentrate on the game. You know, and defending like that shows me. There's a very lack of concentration within the squad, and and moving on to I suppose the, the the upcoming game, you know, it's it's just a really good job. They're not marking one of the best finishers that's ever played the game, really, isn't it? When Cristiano Ronaldo, so, so how we feel? How we feel about this one, guys? James, come to you first, mate. How do you feel about uh, coming up against Cristiano at uh, at St James, mate? Well, it's another massive game for us. I mean, I've lost track of, of how many times I've said that this season now. Um, <laughs> this is certainly a much more winnable fixture for us compared to the last two. A point would be huge. Um, something that does worry me, though, about this game is that they will have had two, two and a bit weeks rest before they play us. And yeah. you know, obviously, we all know their last two games were postponed because of COVID. So they will be much fresher than us. Um, I don't think they have... Too many injuries at the moment. I think only Varane, Pogba and, and Cavani are slow for them. But look, they've got a huge, huge squad to choose from. Us, on the other hand, we've got a few out, haven't we? Hayden suspended. Um, Shelby and, and Manquillo missed the, the Man City game. Whether or not they'll be back, we don't know. And, and, and of course, we know Lewis and, and Fernandez are, are out for, for quite a while. Um, so, yeah, a few problems for us. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, really tough game. But Absolutely. I think if we can just try and cut out these stupid mistakes we keep making recently, I don't see why we can't give them a game and, and hopefully we can come out of it with a, with a point. Absolutely. It's an interesting comment from Stu there. He's seen a lot of speculation that Howe feels he has to play the likes of Lascelles as he's a senior player in the dressing room, but Howe is going to have to be ruthless or his head will be on the block. It's an interesting one, that's true. I think we'll, we'll come on to that a little bit more in the, in the transfer talk possibly because I really think that that's going to be the key one in January for the likes of these you know, senior players, if you call them Lascelles and Shelvian, who have made themselves a nice little niche at the club, you know, and when January comes and you can upgrade on players, you know, then obviously that that's going to be something to look at in January. But I suppose just just taking a little bit back to those games that you mentioned as well, James, there's, there's a real growing feeling amongst the fan base. I added a piece for the Slide Little Pass uh, website, you know, go check us out at, at SRP blog. It's on there now. Is Does the Premier League want Newcastle to go down? Now, it's, it might sound totally X-Files, you know, and uh, I'm, I'm no Mulder and uh, I don't think either one of you two could pass for Scully, as handsome as you both are, mind you. But uh, I think uh, j just just to think about it, you know, for a second, obviously this takeover was absolutely, you know, dead against the agenda of the Premier League. And then all of a sudden it just whizzed through. Yes, the BN Sports thing was obviously the, the seemed to be the, the final lock door to open up. But, you know, is it beyond the realms of possibility, guys? Dan, come to you first, mate. Is it beyond the realms of possibility that the Premier League may have an agenda to watch us go down? Mm, I, 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 I'm inclined to say that there probably isn't an agenda as such. I wouldn't go as far as saying that. I mean, as much as some of the decisions lately have been questionable, of course, Newcastle have written to the Premier League to to inquire as to why some of these have gone against them, which is, it, it's a fair point that, and that, which, you know, which, which gives people the sort of right to, to, to question this. But at the same time, I think it is, I just think, what well, if anything, it's just showing the shocking standards of officiating in this country, because it, it, some of these decisions are happening to other teams as well, as, as far as I'm concerned. And I think it just shows just how poor officiating is in this country, like all the way through, top to bottom. And, the people running it, you know, you've got Mike Riley, who's the head of 
at all, and he was useless back in the day as well. So <laughs> I love I love how you say back in the day, Dan, like you were a wily old veteran. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get me water and stick. I, I, I can get my back if you want me to as well. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's, I, actually I, like ben, he's actually Benjamin Button as Dan. He's actually eighty six. If anybody's watching, all day. Just, <laughs> he just uses loads of really good moisturizers. What it is? So I've had a lot of Botox. <laughs> but 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 even uh, even David Ellery, uh, you know he's he's been in the, in the, in the papers recently. The, the controversy surrounding him and uh, apparent uh, racist comments going back to to some members of, of staff, uh, you know, seven eight years ago, or whatever. And and you do wonder um, really whether there's there's just should be a time for a complete overhaul of uh, of everything really to do with the PGMOL and and what have you. But um, going back to to what you were saying before, Chris. Um, I, th I think there's a fairly convincing argument to suggest that there is a case, uh, and, and that's not just based on on the last three games. Of of course, there was the ridiculous uh, Swan Lake s die from Madison in, in the Leicester game, which was unbelievable how that was given. I, I still can't get my head around that. Um, you know, the head injury that, that led up to to drop this goal in the Liverpool game, uh, yeah. which should never have stood, in my opinion. The Trent goal. Uh, which was another game was a clear clear obstruction by Mike Dean of Shelby and and of course the the Stonewall penalty um, we should have had against Man City. Well. There, was, there was the one on Fraser in Liverpool game as well. Alexander. Yeah, yeah. I forgot, um, I forgot all about absolutely. that. That's how angry I was at the Man Fraser City. Fraser should have had two. Yeah, yeah. Shocking. Fraser should have had two. But but not only that. I mean, I can give you another couple of decisions that that haven't gone against us this season. I remember Wilson for me should have had a, a penalty against Arsenal when he was through on goal and was clattered by Tavares and you know we went on to lose that game two 0 for me that was, was a stone penalty yeah it was was it the second game of the season against Aston Villa as well yeah it was a red card no. on Emmy Martinez and he yeah. only got booked and it was a complete farce I mean the guy nearly decapitated Callum Wilson and he yeah. just got a yellow card it was it was ridiculous. It's absolutely shocking. I mean, PK's on a comments there again. Absolutely bang on, Paul. Refereeing in this uh, country is an absolute shambles. I mean, you know, me and Mark spoke about the uh, the Kane challenges and the Robertson ch challenges of the in the uh, stat pack that we did. It's uh, up on the slide with Plash Channel. If you want to check it out, guys, subscribe. But they were terrible. I mean, the Kane challenge is awful. I mean, Mark, Mark slowed it down in the still. His eyes are closed. His feet are, his, his studs are up. You know, he's, he's, and if, if Robertson hadn't jumped off the ground, he would have snapped his leg in too. You know, and then Robertson and then, obviously. And then he said in the post-match interview, "Oh, I think I won the ball." Yeah, fuck it. I think I won the ball. Yeah. He says, "I think," because his eyes were shut. That's what he doesn't know. He won the ball. That's the problem. Uh, but yeah, there's no consistency at all with the referees. Yeah. It's absolutely that's the problem. It's the consistency, isn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You know, so it's um, you know, it, it's something that we, we definitely, I think, have to look at. And it was interesting just to just to leave this section. Um, I was watching the Gallagher shots lads the other day, and they pulled up a really interesting stat that we have the lowest VAR decisions um, given to us in the league. It's something like minus six out of all the games, um, wow. and Wolves are just ahead of us with minus three. If you compare that to someone like Spurs, then they've got five or six. So that 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 again adds fuel to that fire. And it'll be very interesting, you know, off the back of this complaint that the Castle right whether the referees do anything at all, guys. But we'll, we'll certainly watch the space. And we'll, none of us would be surprised if there was a, a huge call in the Man United game that we don't get either, really, would we? I can't you know, think sports. of any VAR decisions that have actually gone our way this season, to be honest with you, off the top I, of my head. I can't think of one. Penalty against Norwich, the handball, that went to VAR. Right, OK, yeah. Mm, Maybe yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the only controversial one I think we, we got really was that Sheffield United one, wasn't it? When Shelby scored, I think, was the only one I can remember getting in recent time. I think last was the last season when yeah. Shelby scored. 
Yeah, so it's um, yeah, it's bizarre. It's, yeah, it definitely adds a lot of fuel to the fire. But moving on to the next section, Dan's going to have to shoot off in a minute here. So if he disappears, don't worry, we haven't cut him off. His broadband bill hasn't been unpaid or anything. He's got he's got other commitments, as Dan. So you you'll be you'll be left with uh, myself and James to carry through. But just to touch on this before Dan flies off, I'll come to you on this, Dan, quickly. Then you can fly yeah. the nest. Is Dubravka good enough? Now, before I get buried in the comments about this, you know, Mark's been very adamant about this, talking about basic goalkeeping you know he's talking about commanding his box he's talking about you know communicating to the back four and yes our defense is really poor but more so the reason that the emphasis has to be on the goalkeeper to control that back four yeah. if it is very poor if the concentration levels aren't there you know the has made a howler of a mistake um to lead up to that goal so dan just coming to you quickly when i say is the good enough i'm talking for the long haul when we all do these fantasy teams where we sign all these great players, Dubrav Crowers stays there. Is he safe enough now, mate, or should we look to upgrade? If, if we're talking about sort of the, the, the future and the money we've got potentially to spend, then I think we can do better. I think for, for what we have now, he's probably quite good. And obviously, I, I, since he's been here, he's he's probably saved us more points than he's lost us, I'd say. But if we're looking to the future, I'd say we can do better in the goalkeeping department. But you're, you are right. There's just a, so many of our players nowadays are just prone to absolute howlers. Which so is serious, and yeah. serious errors as well. Not little mistakes. Massive no, goal-giving goal, goal away mistakes, which is a real problem. And he's been prone to them as well a little bit, which is a real shame. But, I mean, obviously, he's a great shot stopper, but recently hasn't commanded his box well enough, as, as we've mentioned uh and you know, as I say, it, it, it's led to, to to costly errors. But I, I think for now he's all right. But I think in the future we can do better. That's my opinion. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Dan, you can love us and leave us on that comment, my friend. Good luck with yeah. your show on BBC. If you Thank listen to the BBC, you. go check Dan out. But don't leave us. Stay with us as well because we've got plenty. Oh. More. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See you so, soon. So we'll see you Take later. Care, Dan. Dan, so yeah, James, just coming on to that comment for you, then, mate. You know, is I know you're a huge fan of the Bravka. Is the Bravka good enough for you, mate? I'm not actually a huge fan of Dubravka. Um, oh, uh, sorry, to be man. fair, uh, no, 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 absolutely fine. Um, I, I, I was a big Darlow. Uh, sorry, mate, I got the wrong way around. Yes, yeah, sorry, buddy. No, no, yeah, no, don't worry about it. Uh, easily done. Uh, well, look, look, it's a, it's a tough one. This Dan made Dan made some good points. Um, before we look, he has been our best goalkeeper for a number of seasons now, and you would have to say he, he is the best keeper we have right now in the squad. And as I mentioned before, I was a I was a big fan of Darlow uh, last season, and especially near the end, I thought he was he was excellent, and, and he was even linked with England at one point, I remember. But I think Darlow um, has had a has a really poor season this year in, in the games he has played, eight games I think he's played this season. But since Dubravka has come back into the team, have we really looked that much better? I mean, no, we probably haven't. But is it fair to to blame Dubravka for for our shocking defending lately? Probably not. On the flip side, but as you said, he has made a few howlers recently. Um, the equaliser against Norwich, in my opinion, was his fault. Why he's palmed it back across the face of the goal is is anybody's guess. Um, I think he has to take blame for for Man City's first goal on Sunday, as we we discussed before, or part blame with with Clark. But you know, to his credit, I thought against Liverpool, um, he, he did have a very good game. And, and overall, right now, he probably is our, our best keeper. But personally, I think I think we have probably got big, bigger priorities in January. And, and at a minimum, I want to see, you know, two centre-halves, a, a full-back defensive mid and, and a striker sign. We'll come on to talk about that later. But look, we know how good Dubravka can be. 
And I'm sure with better players around him, his confidence will improve and, and you'd like to think you'd see less of these mistakes. But, you know, realistically, if we are going to replace him, as he is he is about to turn 33, I think, we should probably just wait until the, till the summer, I would say, for, for, for that. Yeah, probably, probably get a better quality keeper. You, you're right, you know, and just going on to Darlow, actually, as well, perhaps we're being a little bit harsh on Darlow because, you know, Darlow had really bad COVID that everyone seems to forget, yeah. don't they? You know, he, he could be really struggling with the long-lasting effects of that of that virus. You know, yes, he might say he's match fit and he comes in and he's maybe blowing a bit more than he than he should do. He can't quite reach to a shot. His, his reflexes aren't quite what they were. So so perhaps maybe a bit time away from the starting lineup could give Darlow a bit more chance to build his body back up. But yeah, with Dubravka, it's a funny one because we know what he's capable of. I mean, Marco was mad when you say shot stopper because that's like saying a postman can push a, push a letter through a letterbox quite well. As far as Mark's concerned, shot stopping is goalkeeping 101. But, you know, if you look at that Jesus header, that's a world-class save that Dubravka pulls off in the game, you know, after he's made that howler, you know, and that's what he's yeah. capable of doing, isn't he? It's almost he saves the unsavable but then he can make such a meal out of the, the, the easy shot, like the Norwich one, as you rightly say. And it, it's so frustrating. But I think one of the biggest worries is, is behind him, as you rightly say, Darlow's had some real bad errors. Poor Freddie Woodman looked like a rabbit in the headlights when he came in. He didn't look yeah. ready at all. So so really outside of the Bravka, there probably isn't anybody. But I think you're right, mate. Come come January, which we'll, we'll come on to next uh, i think on the uh, on, on the tune transfer talk so just you know, going back to that sorry quickly chris uh if you are going to talk about replacing him you know you've got to get a, a keeper that's that's a massive improvement on him and and i don't oh, think there's yeah. many out there right now that kind of fit the no. bill i mean obviously look money wise yeah isn't really going to be an issue but possibly someone like nick pope burnley you could maybe look at but there's not a, a wealth of brilliant goalkeepers out there that potentially we could we could go out and buy unless you know potentially they are young and, and they, they have a point to prove but again you're taking a bit of a gamble there but um Nick Pope could be a could be a really good signing but we'll have to see on that one wouldn't we no absolutely I mean there's, there's been talk about Henderson as well at Manchester United hasn't there about him you know he went back there thinking he's going to be number one obviously David De Gea has picked up form a lot more now so you know Henderson might be looking for game time as well he's a good yeah. keeper but he also has a bit of a rick in him as well doesn't he to be fair to him you know so it's it, it, it's but he's a lot younger than Dubravka so yeah it, it, it's a very interesting one but that's a lovely segue to move isn't it to transfer talk man actually talking about who we're going to sign but so just before we get into some of the players that have been linked because again another week goes by and there seems to be 150 players linked in Newcastle but you know one of the the big things that was in the press recently I believe we've had permission to talk to Dan Ashworth uh, former England advisor and obviously a Brighton now as well and uh, very highly thought of in the game obviously he was he kind of credited with England's England's change on and off the pitch you know which has helped see them get to obviously semi-finals finals you know it's obviously helped get Gareth South get a lot of credibility as well you know in his position he's gotten to Brighton and obviously coincidentally Brighton have kind of upped the level as well you know in terms of player recruitment you know, in terms of the, you know, the dietitians and all this kind of stuff he puts behind the scenes, he seems to be a real impressive character, mate. So, you know, firstly, what what do you think about being linked to a guy of that magnitude? And, and secondly, would you be happy to see him come in? Oh, I think it would be a massive statement signing. You need to talk about signing players. I mean, I think you've got to talk about someone as up high in the, in terms of a director of football or whatever his role could potentially be it would be it would be huge but yeah i mean just doing a bit of research on him on him earlier i mean he was um responsible for for bringing in the likes of Tarek Lamptey um Mark Cucurella Neil Mopay Adam Webster Joel Veltman at, at Brighton uh so 
Absolutely. I mean, they've been fantastic players for Brighton, haven't they? And um, I certainly think uh, he could do uh, he could do something. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely somebody who I think um, Newcastle United need. I mean, we saw with the the kind of Unai Emery situation that you know it's great that Amanda Staveley loves to chat, you know, and she obviously likes to talk to the press and stuff like that. And it's it's brilliant. It's nice to have openness after you know fourteen years of of pure silence from the ownership. But you've got to be careful what you say and how you say. And I think you have to have a football person at the top of the top of the tree in the club to help, like you say, pull out these unbelievable signings out of nowhere. You know, the likes of Lampardy and guys like that. Nobody saw him coming through the Chelsea Academy. You know, Brighton obviously poked him in and now he's he's arguably one of the best right backs in the league, mate. So if Ashworth can bring that in, 100%, I'd, I'd be more than happy with that. So just moving on to players, you know, that, uh, Mark's made a good comment there. I did see some talk about Sam uh, Johnson being linked. I know Mark's a big fan. I think he was on loan Aston Villa from Manchester United, I believe, before he went to West Brom. Again, good shot stopper. Obviously, got the England squad, mate. Younger than Dubravka, would you see him as an improvement, mate, or would he be a bit of a a bit of an un, you know uninspiring choice for you? Um, difficult one to say, isn't he? Because he's he's. I mean, yeah, he, he he's doing very well in in the division that where they are playing well. West Brom, they don't concede many goals. They are easily one of the best teams in that division, so he's not going to be as tested as much. But I think certainly when he when he was last in the Premier League, he, he made a big uh, big impact, didn't he? And uh, he was talked about by several pundits as, as potentially being a future England number one. Um, yeah, I, I would I would think someone like him would be a, would be a, would be a good signing. But personally, I'd go back to the guy before I mentioned Nick Pope. I think he would be a massive statement signing. If you are looking at a goalkeeper, Nick Pope or who you rightly mentioned, Dean Henderson would uh, would be my top two choices. Absolutely, no, I think there'd be some fantastic signings. So, so going on to the kind of priority areas, you mentioned it, James, and I know Paul mentioned it in the comments as well. The back four is shocking. You know, I think Jamie Carragher yeah. just said they were disastrous, awful. I think he used every superlative he possibly could imagine um, without spitting on it on, on the camera. Sorry, Jamie, couldn't he couldn't resist that one. Um, but he, you know, the back four is obviously a massive area of concern. The Kieran Trippier links get louder and louder every day. That seems to be a dead cert. Um, Another player has been linked recently, which I know our good friend Di and a friend of the podcast will be uh, will be really thrilled with is Joe. Is it Joe Roden from uh, Spurs or Rodden? Pardon my Welsh pronunciation is terrible. Um, do you think he would be an improvement to the back four, mate, or is he just more similar to what we've got already? Well, absolutely. Look, we have got the worst defence in the in the Premier League. Um, I are. think we've conceded 41 goals in, in 18 oh. games. And look, that simple oh. fact, that is rele- relegation form. I mean, Figure out the average of that. It's it's something like two and two and a bit goals per game we are conceding. So it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to work out. We need defenders, and um, yeah, I mean, someone like Joe Rodon will be a good signing. Um, I think minimum we need is, is two centre halves and uh, and a fullback. I'd love to see the likes of Tarkovsky or, or Cody come in. Um, mm. Two proven Premier League players. They're leaders. Uh, they've got England caps between them. Probably just about in the peak of their careers right now. I think I think they're both around 28, something like that. They would improve that team dramatically. Uh, you mentioned Kieran Trippier before. I'd love to see him come in at, at fullback. Um, yes, he's predominantly a right back, but he can play left back also, so can have cover there if needed be. You know, Southgate played him at left back a, a couple of times in the Euros, uh, I believe, and he's a world class player. And, and we've never had a world world class defender since. Arguably, Jonathan Woodgate, maybe Colaccini, I don't know, depends on how you look at it. But 
he probably wants one more challenge. He's, I think he's 31. He's, he's not getting any younger, but he will still want to uh, prove he can he can do it in the Premier League. And yeah, I think those three would, would probably be be the most realistic signings we could make. Then you've got the likes of um, Nathan Ake at Man City, who's been mentioned. Could be another one. Doesn't doesn't get much game time there, does he? Um, I think he could do, he could come in and do a do a really good job. And then you you, you know you've got the likes of Luca Dean at Everton. Possibly might be a bit of a stretch, but. A, a brilliant, brilliant fullback, and uh, you know the way Everton are going now, he might want to, he might want to get out. But um, you never know. Throw enough money at something, and, and anything's possible. We all know, um, we all know, money talks, don't we? Well, absolutely, mate. You know, and, and I think the back four again. There's no room for sentiment. Dan had touched on it a little bit earlier about you know, oh, these guys did well to get us up and everything else. You can't be like that now, especially with the, the position that we're in. You know, with the resources we have, you've got to just be cold and, and ruthless and say upgrade, upgrade, upgrade. And that, that's certainly what we have to do. It's, it's interesting because a little bit further up the pitch, I mean, there was a story that I'd love it to be true, but I don't know if it's bullshit or not, but there was a story about apparently we're in for um, Calvin Phillips from Leeds, who I'd be stunned yeah. if we get him, even even with the resources we get. He would be phenomenal. Yeah, he'd be outstanding, he's, outstanding. He's, everything we need in that position, 100%. But, you know, there'd be a queue of clubs for him and Champions League football clubs, you know, really, really big clubs. So so that one I'll take with a pinch of salt. But there's a couple of other names that got thrown out there, which I know we, we mentioned in, the, in you know, the crack group chat that we have with a lot of, of our fellow writers and podcasters. And um, one name that got thrown out there was, was Philip Coutinho. And it was a little bit of a controversial one because some guys saying, I don't want him anywhere near the club. I suppose there's that worry of that mercenary tag and everything else. But... For me, Philip Coutinho is a hundred times better than anybody we've got in that squad, and I'm including St. Maximin in that as well. Philip Coutinho is a player that can unlock a defence on his own. He's brilliant on the ball. He's, he's a leader as well. He can take the game by the scruff of the neck. He did it at Liverpool so many times. Yes, he's went to Barcelona and it hasn't worked, but that's happened to so many players. I mean, even Zlatan went to Barcelona and it didn't work out for him, and he's one of the you know most frequent goal scorers of all time. Coutinho for you, mate, would that excite you? Would you be interested? Would that be a statement, Simon? Yeah, I'd be massively excited um, by Coutinho. I think he's a fantastic player. And especially if we are going to bring in more players with better signings around him. I mean, he can play as a number 10. He can play as a creative playmaker, second striker, central midfielder. Um, there's a lot of positions he can cover. Um, I mean, at one point, he was he was one of the best players in the world, wasn't he? Like three or four years ago, you, you go back to, to when he was at Liverpool, he was compared to the likes of, of Kevin De Bruyne and, and what have you. Yeah, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. He struggled in, in recent seasons and whether or not he is still the same player uh, as he was is a bit of a risk. But you've got to take risks when you're in the predicament we are in. And, and he could be the kind of signing that gets the ball rolling, that would allow other players to, to, to follow suit. And he's the kind of player you look at and you think, if you're a player... Do you know what? I want to be a part of that, the signing Coutinho. I like I like the sounds of that. And in terms of a marquee signing, he would be the one, wouldn't he? And um, I think either him or, or possibly the likes of, of, of Dusan Blahovic or or Alexander Isak as well, perhaps, who we've also been linked with. But but yeah, one of those three it would take a lot of money to, to get one of them. But um, but yeah, that would be brilliant. Look, plenty to look forward to, and, and I'm counting down the days. You know, only only ten days to go until the window <laughs> opens, and it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be brilliant, isn't it? Every day is gonna be first thing in the morning. You're going on social media, you're going on Sky Sports to see who potentially we're bringing in, and, and it's it's gonna be great. But Coutinho, mate, yeah, going back to to that, I think he'd be uh, I think he'd be brilliant. 
It would be. I mean, there's a lot of stories about Barcelona obviously being skint. That's quite well known. You know, they're in real financial difficulties. I think they've, they've, weirdly enough, they've just agreed a deal for Torres from Man City. So that's something to keep an eye on because I think Man City will be signing a striker. So, you know, there'll, there'll be a bit of movement in the transfer market there. But yeah, I mean, there's talk about 200 grand a week. That the pocket change to our owners. Coutinho yeah. would be a massive statement signing. And another guy who was mentioned that my dad would be a huge fan of because he's a Celtic fan is Moussa Dembele. Um, at Leon, and he went on loan to Atletico Madrid. I think he caught COVID, and I think he had a bit of a rough time. But I mean, Musa Dembele is a proper goal scorer as well, a proper striker, you know. And uh, somebody like that, I think, to play alongside Wilson to put competition with Wilson as well, you know, because Wilson's injury record is is bad, as we all know. You know, having a proper second centre forward there, where you could go to up front with two actual goal scorers. I mean, you know, we had it in Shearer and Ferdinand, if you remember, oh, they're too similar, they can't play together. You know, and we all know how that kind of worked out as well. But uh, well, how do you feel about a striker like that, a challenge, Wilson? Do you think that's a priority area as well, mate? I wouldn't say it's a number one priority, uh, considering, mm. as I mentioned before, the defence has to simply be the priority. But, you know, you've got to look at competition for Wilson. Dwight Gale, for whatever reason, is just not getting a look in, um, which I find baffling to be honest with you considering the new contract he signed and what have you but um it looks as though how's just never going to play him so yeah i mean absolutely uh, dembele i like the look of him yeah he could be could be a good player had, had a few issues as you mentioned with covid and what have you but um someone like uh like isak who i mentioned before would be um would pace. Be outstanding. Pure I mean, pace he's, as well he's, he's so brilliant. fast isn't he yeah. Um, he's one of the, the best young players in the world right now. And to be honest with you, he, he's, a, he's a better player than Callum Wilson. So it would be uh, probably Callum Wilson would be on the bench if we're, if we're signing someone like uh, Isak. And I hate to say that because I love Wilson. As you know, Wilson is uh, my favourite player. He's absolutely brilliant. But yeah, Vlahovic as well. He keeps getting mentioned, doesn't he? Like a, a massive um, bid, apparently, we're, we're looking at putting in for him. Um, and, you know, some of the top four. Uh, uh, looking at him at Chelsea, I think we're we're talking about uh, going in for him as well because it looks as though Lukaku potentially is not really working out there, which I I find an odd one as well. But um, yeah, certainly if 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 the money's there, which it will be, we know, um, and we have got the defense sorted out and potentially a, a a midfielder, then yeah, let's absolutely get get in a get in a centre forward as, as well. But if 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 we don't sign a centre forward in January, not the end of the world, we'll definitely get one in the summer. I'm, I'm, convinced absolutely mate and yeah i suppose it's it's as you rightly say you know and if you look at the backroom staff if you get the right guy in and make the right decisions have a chat with how and say right these are the priority areas these are the players we've identified they want to come this is the amount we're going to pay this is the the wages yes they want relegation clauses people shouldn't get hung up on relegation clauses you know if you're a player now and you're looking at this newcastle united project and they're only three points that's the important bit if you're only three points away from getting out of it you know one or one or two games you know, then then you can absolutely do that. You can absolutely achieve that. And if you're a player like those, or even like a James Ward-Prowse, you know, who'd be a great player for us as well. You know, he's looking at Southampton, only a little bit above us in the league. And he's looking at that project. And as you rightly say, James, if a statement signing comes in like Isak or, or Coutinho, he might go, Christ, I fancy some of that. You know, and, and he might say to his agent, get me a move to Newcastle. You know, and, and these players will back themselves to to get to get us out of it, but I suppose that leads me on to my next question for you. And just to finish up the, this week's podcast, we said the same thing last week. Obviously, we've been beaten by the two best teams in the league this this um, <laughs> this week, and we've we've obviously got one of the other top six sides coming on the twenty seventh. How are you feeling about staying up, mate? Are you positive, or are you are you thinking we're going to go down? Where, where do you sit on it? 
I mean, I, I change my opinion every day, to be honest with you, Chris, <laughs> on this. And um, you know, after the Man City game, I was I was very disheartened, uh, and and I wasn't really feeling uh, positive. But look, the more the days go on, and the more you're getting linked with the likes of the players that we've mentioned before, you can see that light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I think that Everton game after my news are really, really massive. That, that potentially, if we win that. I think we stay up, and and you know yeah. again, I'm sick of saying this. It's 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 a huge game. It's a huge game because they all are at the moment. But if we can get a point off Man U and beat Everton, um, I think that'll just set us up really nicely for that January window. And I'm convinced we're going to do some really good business. So yeah, look, I'm going to say we're going to stay up, mate. Just, just, just fantastic. But I'm very much like you, mate. I have good days and bad days with it. But you keep looking at the table, you know. And Mark and I said it when we were doing the the staff pack um, on Monday night that, you know, the other teams keep falling over themselves, you know, for, for, for whatever yeah. reason, call it, you know, call it fate or fortune for Newcastle. Nobody's pulling clear of the relegation zone. You know, Leeds had a couple of pepperings as well. Southampton are, are very streaky. You know, they're slipping down. Even Brighton are stopped winning games, you know, Watford are hitty-missy. So if we can stay... Burnley and Norwich it, can't win for love and money. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly it, down, in my opinion. I mean, but Burnley have got those three games in hand, which could be, you know, money in the bank for them, couldn't they really, you know? But um, I think... I think as long as we can stay in the mix, and as you rightly say, we've got to look to get something out of Manchester United. Listen, we've beat them at St James's before. Why can't we do it again? You know, go at them, play the way we can, play on the front foot. It worries me about the back line. I think that's the real issue for us. And if, if Manchester United get the chances, Fernandez, Ronaldo, you know, we could be done again. But you've got to get to January in a good chance to get out of it. And if you are, you know, then absolutely fantastic. You know, we'll get them players in. And I, I agree with you. Players will come because they'll see the project. One or two wins in the Premier League can be achieved. And if you get one or two wins with a new back four, you know, you could be you could be out of it. She was just jumping in the comments there. She said, if a club's looking to cash in the big assets, surely a loan and obligation to buy um, an agreed fee if we stay up is a good enough deal. I agree with that, Stu. I think there is yeah. going to be players that, that people who want off their wage bills. We mentioned about Coutinho as well. I mean, Jesse Lingard was an interesting one because he was linked quite heavily, wasn't he, James? And then it looks like he's going to stay at Manchester United and leave on a free transfer. So he's after a huge payout, isn't he, really? He could still come in the summer if we stay up, mate. Yeah. Martial, another one uh, mentioned as well. I mean, look, we, we are in that position uh, because we're the richest club in the world that we are going to get linked with with every single player and we have to just mm. accept that. But um, it's how we do the business and the right moves. And as you mentioned before, Dan Ashworth, um, if we can get someone like him in, then that just sets us up really nicely for that window, doesn't it? It does, absolutely. And I think it's something that everybody in the football world is going to be keeping an eye on, not just Newcastle fans. But but that's us, mate. We're all wrapped up for this week's episode of Evermore. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining the comments. Uh, great to talk to you. You know, We'll be back after Christmas with another one. James, thanks for coming on, mate. Great debut as always, mate. I would never expect anything less from you, pal. Thank you very much, Chris. Really enjoyed it, mate. No problem at all. And listen, guys, have a fantastic Christmas, whatever you're doing. You know, drink, enjoy your time with your family. We're allowed to, thank God. So uh, enjoy it and have a great time. And let's hope for three points against Manchester United. Okay, guys, see you later now. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.